Hallelujah. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Mark chapter 5. And uh, I shared with you, most of you know, Angela and I are flying out Sunday night. I say Sunday night, 5 o'clock. It's been a crazy couple weeks with just everything that's went on in preparation. And here at the final last few days before we're going to get on a plane and fly a long way <laughs> to Kenya, Africa. Just Sister Skiles with her passport. She got her passport today. Praise God. And I learned a lesson today. You know, I got my visa, and that was a chore for me. I, I learned just let Becky do it. Amen. Just let Becky do it. You pay her to stress out, so go ahead. Just let it be. But she don't stress. She just does it. And I, I, I just I spent hours and hours trying to do this, and it just throwing you out of the website, and then trying to do this, and trying to download that, and this picture's too big, and you got to make it smaller, and who knows what a JPG is? Amen. I, all I know is that it's it just it didn't fit. So I said, well, there's a way around this, but God knows. Amen. I'm not as computer literate as many of you others are, and and uh, praise God that you are, and and uh, you know I'm a preacher. Praise God. But um, tonight in Mark chapter 4, I just want to, did I say 5? I meant 4, but uh, we're going to maybe hit on chapter 5 a little bit, but Mark 4, we're going to start reading with the 35th verse. And I want you to pray with me tonight over the Word of God that He would just have His perfect will and way. Father, we thank You for this time to come and to break open the bread of life and Lord, I'm so thankful tonight for your grace and your mercy. I'm so thankful that in the midst of storms and in the midst of the will of God, Lord, even though there may seem to be chaos, we have to know that on the other side of that storm is a great victory. And I just thank you, Lord, that you've never failed me. You've never failed us, God. Um, and uh, even though we may have to wait, we know that they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles, and they shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. I thank you tonight for your precious spirit that's with us, Lord, that's an ever-present help in our time of need and trouble. But God, I just pray tonight that you will help me, Lord, to preach this word, and that your spirit will rest upon me. And every person that's here, whether they're visiting or whether they're a home member, that they will receive something from this and glean from it, Lord, because your word does not return void. And I just pray for your blessing and your anointing, God, that makes preaching effective and will give you all the glory and honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Mark chapter 4, verse 35 says, And the same day when the even was come, he said unto them, Let us pass over unto the other side. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him, even as he was in the ship, and there was also with him other little ships. And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship, so that it was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow, and they awoke him, awakened him, and said unto him, Master, 
Carest thou not that we perish? <laughs> and he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said one to another, What manner of man is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? I'm preaching this thought tonight, chaos in the will of God. <laughs> chaos in the will of God. There will be people that will tell you if you have chaos that you're out of the will of God. They don't know a thing about spiritual warfare. Because I can tell you, well, I don't want to give away at all, but... I'm preaching this thought tonight, and I know that it's something that we need to hear, and we need to hear often, um, because this life in Christ has its ups and downs, it has its hills and valleys, it has its moments of peace, and it has its moments of warfare. I've been on both sides of that spectrum. I've been there in peaceful times when you could just be at peace and rest and be thankful for the calm. But I've also been there in the midst of the storm. I've been there in chaotic times. And I know that there is the difference in your walk with God. Acts 14.22, the Apostle Paul's and the Apostles confirmed the souls of the disciples, exhorting them, this is the scripture, to continue in the faith. And that through much tribulation, you enter into the kingdom of God. Why did they say that? Because that's just the reality of being a Christian. You're going to go through those times where you're going to fight the spiritual warfare. The apostle Paul said that. He said that the, the devil's like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And that the, that our, 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 the, the weapons of our, 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 our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. There's a battlefield for your mind. There's a battlefield, you know, for your emotions and and to try to get you to operate in your flesh. And you're, you're going to go through in your spiritual life, and you're going to go through your walk with God. There's going to be highs and lows, ups and downs, mountains and valleys, and all kinds of different moments. And we know that from Scripture that we go through these things. When he talked about tribulation and the things that you go through as you enter into the kingdom of God, that tribulation means hardships, it means afflictions, it means troubles, it means suffering. But in the Strong's, I look it up and it just simply means this persecution it means distresses it means pressure you know I thought about that pressure I thought Lord I've never felt so much pressure in the last month several months that I've been in than I have now but I'm so grateful that God knows how to help us overcome the pressure amen praise God I said Lord I'm not depressed I am pressed and he said well if you're pressed you know you're doing something for God amen you're doing something for the kingdom it isn't 
always going to be a tribulation time or a time of hardship or a time of trouble or a time of a storm but sometimes Christian life has its seasons and we go through those things so just know that tonight you're not doing something wrong you're doing something right yeah there's times whenever we're going through things and it's because of a consequence we're dealing with a consequence because of sin or a disobedient choice or rebellion but I can tell you when you're in the will of God you're going to go through things and there's conflict and there's consequence and if you're going through either one you got to know God's the only way I'm going to get out of either one of them amen no matter what it is and I have to trust him and believe him now why do we experience these things let me tell you why because we are in the will of God We're in the will of God. That's why your family started kicking up dust. Amen. That's why when you went on the job, everything seems to go haywire. That's why they threatened you and told you you're going to be the first one to get laid off. That's why it just seems like it's always something because you're in the will of God. Jesus said in verse 35, let us pass over unto the other side. That says so much to us tonight. It speaks so much to us because we're in the will of God. He's the one that spoke it and we've got to know that if he has spoken that to us, we're going to go where he goes and whatever he goes through or allows us to go through, he's there with us, amen? But he said we're going to go over to the other side and he doesn't say things that God doesn't say things that he doesn't intend on following through on come on now and the Bible says in verse 36 so they and other little ships went with them let me just tell you tonight that when when you go through trials and tests just remember you're not the only one going through it there's other little ships around you going through it too People are going through things too. Sometimes the devil will close in on you and tell you, you're the only one going through this. No, you're not. You're not the only one going through it. You're not the only one that's ever had a broken heart. You're not the only one that's ever went through a time where the devil tempted you with lust. You're not the only one that's been betrayed. You're not the only one that's going through a time where you just think, God, how am I ever going to make it out of this? You're not the only one that's ever laid your head on the pillow at night and couldn't sleep because you were troubled or because you were depressed or because you're going through anxiety. People have been where you've been. The Bible says that we all go through things. Amen. It's common to every one of us but we serve an awesome God who will bring us through everything many are the afflictions of the righteous but the Lord delivers them out of them all not some of them all of them so it was the will of God for them to go to the other side What was on the other side? A demoniac of Gadara was on the other side. That's why that wind began to kick up. In fact, when Jesus said, peace be still, in essence, he was saying, be muzzled. It was totally a demonic, uh, you know, force behind that, that kicked it up. And Jesus said, as he said in another passage of scripture, be muzzled or be silenced. Same word. He's a God that knows how to shut the mouth of a lion. He's a God who knows how to shut down the storm. He's a God who knows how to bring calm to the storm. He were in the will of God. And the will of God always comes with a fierce attack. The devil attacks. Get used to it. 
But I want to minister to you tonight and not focus on that, but focus on this to get your mind on the positives and not the fearful negatives. Get your mind on the positives and not the fearful negatives because the devil wants you focused upon the storm. He wants you focused upon the trouble. He wants you focused upon the circumstance or the situation or the attack. But God wants you to see what he's doing in the midst of it. He wants you to see that the children of Israel crossing that Red Sea they see an enemy behind them and they're thinking, God, why have you brought us here? I brought you here to swallow up your enemy. I brought you here to lead you into a place of victory. But in the midst of your victory, your enemy is going to be swallowed up. So, I want to minister tonight to you to get your mind on the positives and not the fearful negatives. Because we deal with fears. Paul told Timothy, God's not given you a spirit of fear. Fear is a spirit. Are y'all with me tonight? Fear is a spirit. And you cannot succumb to the spirit of fear. We've all been there. Listen. But he said, God has given you a spirit of power. A spirit of love. And a spirit of a sound mind. He's given you the power to cast down imaginations. He's given you the power to begin to bring into captivity every thought, everything that would, would, would begin to usurp authority against the truth of God, against the power of God. And you've got to know that today. I've got to know this tonight. I'm not just preaching to you. I'm preaching my own victory right now, church. I'm not preaching something I think. I'm not preaching theory. I'm preaching where I'm at. He said, Timothy, God's not giving you a spirit of fear. Why would he say that? Because Timothy was afraid. He went through fears. He went through times where he felt insecure. That's why Paul told him, don't let anybody despise your youth, son. You've got to know you can't be afraid of what people think about you. You've got to know in whom you have believed. You've got to trust God. Amen. So God's not giving you a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind because everything we fear causes us to question God's love, causes us to question God's presence, causes us to question God's power and ability, causes us to question everything in our minds and the devil will toy with everything in your mind. The greatest spiritual giants of the Old and New Testament experience fears. Understand that. Abraham was afraid of a famine, so he went down and allied with somebody in Egypt. Isaac was afraid of a famine. Listen, I'm telling you the truth. Jacob was afraid of what his brother was going to do to him. Esau, are you hearing me? David had fears when Saul and Absalom had come after him. He knew in who he had believed. He knew God. He knew he was going to bring him through. But he also knew I have an enemy that is striking fear in me. The devil has one tactic. Listen to me. He's got one tactic and it's to make you feel intimidated and cause you to question God. Cause you to question God's word. So David had fears. Job said the very thing that I feared the most has come upon me. Amen. Oh, and Elijah. Remember, Elijah saw one of the greatest victories. Saw all them 400 witches thrown over that hillside. 
cast them down. I've been there on Mount Carmel where he pushed them off the hill. Amen. I looked down there. I thought, man, I'm praising God. I'm not a false prophet. But I stood there and I thought, man, he pushed them right over that hill. He didn't have to do a whole lot of pushing just real quick. You know, but 400 of them prophets were slain that day. He saw fire come down from heaven and consume that sacrifice. God's answer and response was the God that answers by fire is God. And so God proved, this is who is my man. This is who is my servant. This is who is the truth and serving the truth. Amen. We, we, he, he quoted that that day. Whoever answers by fire, that's who God is. The God that answers by fire. But we know that shortly after that, oh, Jezebel came and said, if you're alive tomorrow, oh, it'll be a miracle. It's what she was saying. Your head's coming off, buddy. Everybody in Israel's looking for you. And he hightailed it and ran. You know, everybody talks about how fierce men can be. Just don't make a woman mad. Especially a devil-possessed one. Oh. What is that old saying? Hell hath, uh, hell hath no, uh, no fury that, uh, uh, like a woman's corn. Amen. Amen. I mean, there were some fierce women in the Bible. Ladies, I'm not here to, to down you. I'm here to lift you up. I truly am. But oh, Elijah ran from Jezzy. That's what I call her. Oh, Jezzy. Jezebel. And God found him under a juniper tree. He found him at that place. And he had a lot of things that he turned in on himself. I'm, I don't have time to go into all of that tonight. What I'm trying to say to you is the greatest spiritual giants of the Old Testament and even some of the New Testament experienced fears with the disciples. What did God establish in the chaotic experience that they went through? What did he establish in them? I can tell you that he knew they had fears. They showed clearly they had fears. But he showed them something powerful that we all can glean from and learn from. God has a will. God has a will. You've got to know that when you're in the will of God, the devil's going to fight you. When you're in the will of God, everything is going to seemingly come against you. When you're in the will of God, nothing's going to seem to work out right. When you're smack dab in the will of God, everything's going to go haywire when you're in the will of God. And so God has a will and the devil's job is to bring chaos in the will of God and to try to stifle it. But why? Because there's a great victory on the other side of that lake. Amen. On the other side of that storm there was a demoniac of Gadara that needed to be set free. There was a man, amen, that didn't have to be searched out to try to drag him to an altar and cast the devil out of him. He was ready to be set free. He was ready to be loosed. He was ready for God to set him he was, he was ready. He was sick and tired. He was in a place. And God's mercy met him there on that seashore. And the devil knew that. I'm getting ready to lose a legion. The greatest victories are met with the greatest chaos and conflict. Oh my. 
Faith is going to be tried. It must be, or power will not be known to you. Let me say it again. Let me say it again. Faith is going to be tried, and it must be tried, or the power will not be known to you. The very breakout of manifested activation will not happen if your faith isn't put to the test. Hallelujah. It will not happen. We don't like to go through those times. But those are the times when we're built. Are you hearing me? Those are the times when everything's established. Those are the times when God begins to move you up to another level. Those are the times, amen, it'll never be activated. The breakout of the manifestation and activation of God's power will never come until your faith is tested and tried. And God doesn't bring you through a test just to make you go through it. He brings you through a test to prove you. And he brings you through a test to prove himself. And to show you, you can put your faith and trust in God. And you won't leave disappointed. That boat was filling up. The trial is as real as it appears. People say, oh, don't, you know, don't look at it. It's just all a facade. No, the boat's filling up. My feet are wet. My feet are wet. The water's coming up here to my knees now. We're in the boat. It's filling up. Amen. You know, we read that they, they, they took off and they sailed out or set out in the evening. So it was dark and stormy. No light. No navigation. Just Jesus. And he's asleep in the boat. Amen. I can tell you, when you've got Jesus in the boat, you don't have nothing to worry about. Are you hearing me tonight? Oh, it may seem like a very simple message, but sometimes we need a simple message. We just need simplicity. See, what happens is, listen, the boat was filling up. The trial is as real as it appears. The fire in the fiery furnace was real. How do you know it was real, Pastor? Because the men that threw them in there died being burnt to death. Come on now. The, the, the lions in the lion's den with Daniel were real. They were not fake. They were not, you know, defanged. or They did not have, not have their teeth. They were real lions. How do you know that? Because the men that accused him were thrown in there and they became the ones that were eaten. So the things that we're experiencing are real. The water's real. The storm's real. The, 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 the fear is real. But God is more real. Our God is greater. Our God is stronger. Our God is more powerful. Paul's storm was real. The snake bite was real. But he shook it off in the fire. Peter's threat from Herod was real. But the church prayed. And God overcame that reality and made it absolutely something that was of no value and of no power. The difference is Jesus. The difference is Jesus. You can't go under in the will of God and you can't go under with Jesus in the boat. Faith has to be established. It has to be solidified. 
There is no other way. There is no other way. Are you hearing me? When we came into this church, we started in this church back in 2003. And they kicked us out of the church we were renting. We come in here. I was at a place, you know, faith was high. We could pay that $1,000 a month. We had carte blanche in that church over there. There was nobody there on Sunday. We were there Sunday morning, Sunday night, Thursday night. I'm telling you, we had that building to our own. It was like we had our own building. We didn't have to come in at 2 in the afternoon or come early, early in the morning or late in the evening. No, we had church whenever we wanted to have church on Sunday. Amen. And it was so awesome. And I thought, I'm telling you, the church is growing. We're n- numbers are going up. And the finances are coming. Faith is high because we're walking in tall cotton. Everything's going great. Amen. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, they got a new pastor. And he came in and he said, do you want to be seven-day Adventist? I said, no. He said, then you have to leave next week. Well, I had a month. Thank God I had a contract. And we had 30 days to pray and get a hold of God. But my whole world was turned turned upside down and I went into that camp meeting and I told brother Clendenin I said I don't know what we're going to do we've just been kicked out of our, our church that we're renting he said brother God's getting ready to do something awesome in your life you're getting ready to see a revival come you're going to see something you've never seen before and just watch God begin to move he slapped me on the chest and I thought it's easy for him to say man he's got a multi-million dollar ministry and here I am just got kicked out of my church I said thank you Amen. But I came back and it wasn't very long. We found this building about a week later and I just began to negotiate with them and God provided, God moved but everything we experienced in this church to see it come to pass came by faith, came by trusting God. Amen. Somebody told me, you gotta watch out for Mr. Big Bucks in your church. I said, he never came to new life. Amen. He never showed up at new life. We don't have Mr. Big Bucks but we got little bucks here and there. Amen. We got a little here and a little there and a little here. And the body of Christ began to give. And God began to make this thing come to pass. No one person could write a check and say, this is what I did for New Life Church. No. The whole body gave. And to God be the glory. But I believed God for everything. I believed God coming in here. Amen. Had somebody turn us into the city. They said somebody started a church in there and they don't have a permit. So I'm looking out the window with the doors locked for the city of Lahabra to come. Like the KGB. They sent us a notice. Cease and desist. I said God didn't bring us here to stop. He brought us here to continue on. See, God knew 20 years later there's going to be homeless people that are going to be met right here on these tracks. Right here. One of the greatest ministries we've ever experienced, really, in our history. We're going to be geographically right where we're supposed to be for it to happen. And so by faith, I trusted God. It was a storm. Oh, 
I remember going to Pastor Duke, and I said, Pastor Duke, I don't know what I'm going to do. He said, you're going to trust God. That's what he said, you're going to trust God. He said, or if God's done, you can come on back to living waters. And I said, well, that is an option, amen. But I know this much, God's not done. He's called us there, and he said, if God's called you there, and you know that without a shadow of a doubt, he said, Jonathan, you stand on faith. Stand in your faith and trust God. And one step after another after another, the devil's screaming in my ear, your church is going to close. There's not going to be any, you know, future in it, but here we are today, 2023, 23 years in existence. And by all, you know, uh, by what some may measure or esteem, they may say it's not a lot of fruit. You don't know the miracles of what God has done in this place. I think it was a, two years ago, $117,000 went out of this church into the mission field across a world for Jesus Christ, into Armenia, into Africa, into Slovakia, into Mexico, into the Philippines, across this globe, into our own community. The, 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 the miracle of what God is doing, and that's just our missions. God is taking care of us all of these years. By faith, you think I wasn't afraid? There was many times I was afraid. There was many times I didn't know how it was all going to turn out, but I knew God was in the boat. Jesus was in the boat. Hallelujah. The storm was real. The fears were real. All of that was real. But I can tell you God's greater than that. Come on now. Come on now. The difference is Jesus. Faith has to be solidified. Faith has to be established. There's no other way. This is why oftentimes we are put in situations that we cannot escape out of. Jeremy, give me a little more up here, brother. I may be loud, but that's all right. Just cover your ears. Don't cover your ears. What do you mean, Pastor? God put you in. Them, them disciples were in that boat in the midst of a storm. They couldn't leave. Think about it. They were stuck. They set out in faith. They set out in the will of God. Years ago, back in 1998 or 99, Robert Frias said, Hey, brother, we're going to take you down there to DJ with us into the prison. I said, Praise God. Let's go. Bring your guitar and just play and sing, brother. We'll go have tacos and come home. We'll have a wonderful time in the Lord. I said, praise God. I mean, I was going to the prisons about eight times a month here in the United States. CRC and Chino. I was going every time they'd open the door. Let me in. I'd go preach. I was a prison preacher. And here we are in TJ. And when we walked in, I thought, Lord, where in the world have you brought me? We walked through that gate, and there was a, there was a, a, a wall like this big. And on the other side was all the inmates. They're waiting for people to come in to visit them and bring stuff for them, clothes, food, everything. They're lined up there. And Robert goes, the first time I came here, a man ran and jumped up on that chain-link fence, demon-possessed. He said, we never know what we're going to see inside here. I thought, oh. long story short, we went in, 
And they told me, don't let anybody get in front of you because them inmates will come in. They'll get eight or ten at a time, and they'll weave between you and the person in front of you, and they'll get you off. And Robert said, they'll rob you blind, brother. Don't bring any money in here except what you're going to put in the offering. Well, I was, didn't have any money anyway. I had about 2 or $3 in my pocket, had my guitar. Don't wear your watch. Don't wear your wedding ring. Don't wear nothing. They'll rob you, brother. So here we are, and they did exactly what he said. They, they're money, 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 pesos, pesos. And I was like, I don't have any pesos. Believe me, you probably have more money than I do. Got my guitar, had a man come over, and he walked right up to me, and he grabbed it by the neck. He said, mine. And I said, no. <laughs> you know, the, violent te- the Bible says that the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. I thought, you know, I prayed this guitar, prayed for a long time to get this guitar, and you're not going to steal it from me on the mission field. Please. Holding my guitar. I kept walking. They're grabbing in my pants here in the front. I thought, there's nothing there. We went in. I was scared to death. I'll never forget it as long as I live. They took us into a little cell because that was about, they were like five by eight cells. There was a bed in there, and they, they, if you had money, you could buy a cell. Well, they took us in there to the, the, the chaplain or the, the pastor of the church. He had a cell there, and here's about six of us in there. And when they got me in that cell, I said, shut it, please. Most people want to get out. I said, please shut it. I don't want anybody to get in. And I'm sitting there, I'm standing there in that cell, and the Spirit of God just come upon me. I was trying not to cry. I was trying not to break because I was scared to death. And the Lord said, hey, Mr. Big Faith, he said, I got you in a place you can't run. Them disciples couldn't jump out of that boat, not in that storm. I said, Lord, I've never been so thankful to be in prison behind the bars. They said, here we go. We're going to go to the chapel. Don't talk to nobody. Just get there. Here we're walking. I didn't talk to anybody. I was like a zombie. I got my guitar. Ain't nobody stealing. We went in there. And they said, Jonathan, sing. In English, I didn't even know Spanish songs. I knew none. And I sang Amazing Grace. There was a prostitute over to the left or to the right. She was over there standing. Some guy was trying to solicit her. And when she began to hear me sing, because I'm telling you, if I've ever been anointed, I was anointed that day. She looked over and she just began to, and he kept saying, hey, and she said, it wasn't the voice. It was the Spirit of God. God said, I got you here. You can't run now. I'm going to tell you, we say big things in prayer. Oh, Lord, whatever your will is for my life, take me there. And then you're there. And you're like, I can't run now. You know, God took you at your word. He believed what you said. So here's the disciples. Let me get back up here to my notes. Or we're not going to get out of here until 9. I'm going to try my best. This is oftentimes why we're put in situations we cannot escape out of. Think about this. They had just heard parables about the faith. About faith. The kingdom, the soils, the mustard seed. And Jesus' word had to be more 
than theory to them. You say, Pastor, you say that a lot. It needs to be more than theory. To a lot of Christians, it's just theory. They don't know the God that they say they believe in. Pastor, that's a harsh statement. That's a true statement. That's a true statement. We know it is in reality, not theory. We know that. But it's life. It's living. His word is life. It's living. But until you are tried and see God actually move powerfully, it's just words to you. And some people, they've just been through little things, and that's all right. You've watched God move powerfully. But as you grow in God, you're going to go through more and more things that he's going to prove himself to you and show himself to you. He will. As you trust him in faith, we know it is in reality. Not theory, but it's living word. All the, the man in John 9 said, all I know is once I was blind, but now I see. All I know is I'm not blind no more. It's not theory to me. It's not just a story about the things that Jesus has done. The miracle has happened to me. I've experienced it in my own life. Jesus told Peter, he said, he asked him, he said, who do men say that I am? He said, well, they say you're, you know, this one and that one. and You know, John the Baptist risen again. You're this one. He said, but who do you say that I am? He said, you're, you're, you're Christ. You're the Christ. You're the Messiah. Basically was what he was saying. You're, you're the son of God. And he said, Peter, flesh and blood never told you that. But my father revealed that to you. What do you know of me, Peter? What do you know? Well, I can tell you I know that I've seen you perform enough miracles that I don't question who you are. Our chastenings by God prove us, the storms prove us, that we are His, number one. And that's who He reveals Himself to, those that are His. And He was revealing Himself as the mighty God of creation, who the winds and the waves had to obey. And one thing that I picked up on, that I've glossed over before many, many times, we all have, I'm sure, different things in the Bible. But were they not afraid of the powerful storm and the waves and the fear and the fierceness of it? Yes. But at the end of that, once Jesus said, peace be still, and the waves were calmed and the storm was shut down and muzzled, the Bible says that their fear began to be di directed in another direction. It says, and they feared exceedingly and said one to another, what manner of man is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? If we ever need to learn one thing, it's this. We cannot be afraid of anything but fear God. This is what we need to know. Trust in God. Fear the Lord. It changed from a direction of fear of the enemy and the storm to the one true God they feared exceedingly. 
trusting God. This is a lifelong, perpetual experience of trusting God. Our flesh defaults always, it seems like. I don't care who you are. Yes, we pray. And, and you know what? And do not, do not think that you're not above succumbing to the flesh or the fears that come. Because every one of us is. That's not who we want to be. We pray and seek God and get into his word and learn about our, our, our Savior, our Lord, our God. We have a strong relationship with God, which brings us to a place where we trust him and we stand firm on that. But I'm telling you, the storm will come. And if you're not built upon that rock, you're going to buckle. You're going to buckle. And God is trying to bring us to a place to where we have total trust in him. We don't lean on the arm of the flesh or default every time we get a little shaken, every time the wind blows a little bit. This is why we need to constantly be built up on our faith in prayer, in the word, edified in our spirit. That's why we must be filled with the Holy Ghost. We must be filled with the Holy Ghost because, see, when you pray in the spirit, you're edified in your spirit. You're edified in your spirit. And it's not a one-time occurrence, but a walk of faith. And your walk of faith is going to have hills and valleys, mountains and valleys. It's going to have highs and lows. It's going to have storms and calming times, times of peace. There's going to be pitfalls and landmines and lions and bears and giants and devils that are agents of hell. But I want to close with this one passage of Scripture so that you know that no matter what I go through, even in the chaotic times, I know I can trust my God. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 7, Paul said, and I close with this, And our hope of you is steadfast, knowing that as you are partakers of the sufferings, so shall you be also of the consolation. There's sufferings and there's consolation. How many's ever had a consolation from God? I've had a consolation from Nobody in here's ever had a consolation from God. Come on, where you went through something and he said, I want you to know I'm here with you. He gave you a word of peace. He gave you a, a, a you know an answer. If he's ever answered your prayer and you know he answered your prayer, then he gave you a word of consolation. Amen. He consoled you in the midst of your trial and he gave you a consolation. Amen. For we would not brethren he said have you ignorant of our trouble which came to us in Asia that we were pressed out of measure pressed Some people say you don't have any faith then the apostle Paul didn't have any faith so don't believe that lie your faith is going to take you to places sometimes where you're pressed you're going to be pressed out of measure and the pressing that you may go through may be the burden that you feel for people that are in a situation that has broken your heart. 
You may have loved ones and children and grandchildren or parents or brothers and sisters that are on drugs tonight or that are, are doing time tonight or they're looking at the possibility of doing time because of a crime or they were caught up in something and your heart is broken, amen, and you're crying out to God. You're pressed. Sometimes the pressure because of the emotions is so much. But he said we were pressed out of measure above strength and so much that we despaired even of life. But we had the sentence of death in ourselves that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God which raiseth the dead. In other words, we knew everything that we're going to go through has the possibility to be the final conflict and we're going to be done and go on home to glory. But he said, who delivered us from great death, from so great a death, and does deliver us, and in whom we trust that he will yet deliver us. I'm going to tell you something right now. Chaos comes. God always delivers. Always delivers. If you'll put your trust and faith in him, he will deliver you. He will deliver you. It was Darius that looked down over that lion's den and he said, Daniel, I know your God will deliver you. That's exactly what he said. I know your God will deliver you. Can you imagine, Daniel? Thanks, Darius. <laughs> Do you know when you're going through it sometimes, people say things, and if you're not careful, it'll bug you. <laughs> you're going through it. You're in the fire. You're in the storm. And people are like, oh, God's going to be God for you. And you're like, <laughs> that's real easy. You're on the shore, and I'm out here in the boat, and everything's filling up. And, you know, people say things sometimes that they shouldn't say. You say, I'm praying for you. I'm believing God. I'm going to bring you through. Amen. Hallelujah. But he said, Daniel, I know your God will deliver you. Well, he proved himself that he did deliver, will deliver, and has delivered. He's a God of deliverance. There's nothing that he will not do for you and I. And church, in verse 11, because I want to say this last one. You also, Paul said, helping together by what? By prayer for us. That for the gift bestowed. Did you know that prayer is a gift? The greatest gift you can ever give somebody is that you're praying for them. And when I say praying for them, I don't mean, Lord, help them. No, when you get on your face and you spend time with God. And you pray in the spirit for them. And you cry out to God for them. And you say, Lord, they need a miracle. You've got to turn their life around. There are people, every one of us sitting in here tonight, came to Christ because somebody privately cried out to God for you. Amen. Amber's here. 
Lorenzo's here because of the prayers of Amber. Her mama's here. Her sister's here. Her brother's here. Amen. Roger's here because Jackie laid in that. I saw her. I, I saw that. Tears. Roger came in. I thought, man, this guy's a mess. Amen. <laughs> but God got a hold of that man. I'm going to tell you something. And everybody Roger comes in contact with, he's like, hey, man, he's talking to him about God everywhere. Everywhere. Everybody. Amen. Just bringing people into the house of God. Praise God. Even if you don't want to come, you're coming with me anyway. I'm going to bring you. Amen. You need God, brother. Sister, he brings them in. What I'm saying is that every person sitting here tonight, somebody prayed for you. And that's why you're here. I'm here because people prayed for me. You're here because people prayed for you. We've all had somebody that laid in that altar for us. And he said, it's a gift that they prayed. And he said, your prayers have been a gift bestowed upon us, he said in verse 11. By the means of many persons, thanks may be given by many on our behalf. He said, I just want to thank you because in those times of our greatest distress, somebody cried out to God. Church, there's chaos in the will of God. But you've got to know God's going to bring you through. He's never failed me yet, and he don't plan on it. He's never failed me yet. Ever, 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 never. He's a faithful God. Thank you, Jesus. Would you just bow your heads in prayer? Father, we thank you tonight for the word of God. Lord, we thank you that in the midst of the storm, Lord, you're in the ship, you're in the boat. And Lord, though the, 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 the waves may beat against that ship and the, and, the, and the sails may be torn, Lord, and the ship is battered, the anchor will hold in spite of the storm. You're a God, Lord, who meets us right where we're at. <clears throat> and Lord, you intend to take us to the other side. And that is why, Lord, we don't have to fear. Why should we worry? Why should we fear? For the very same Jesus, he stays always near. You live in our hearts, Lord, and we can trust you and believe you. Lord, in our greatest trial, prove yourself to us one more time. You're a faithful God. And Lord, give us that faith as it's exercised. And as, Lord, it's, it's stretched and exercised. And, Lord, that there's advancement in our lives. That the next thing that we go through, Lord, we know in whom we have believed. And we trust you that you will deliver us. Almighty God, what an awesome God you are. We thank you. We praise you. We honor you. Church, tonight, would you just lift your hands towards heaven and just praise God as we leave this place. Just thank him tonight. Thank him tonight for his faithfulness. Lord, we thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you for your spirit. We thank you for your presence. We thank you, Lord, that you're with us in the boat, that you've never failed us, Lord, but you are a God who's worthy. You're trustworthy, Lord. You're faithful. And your mercies are new every morning, God. You're an ever-present help in our time of need. 
You're the God, Lord, who knows how to heal the brokenhearted. You know how to deliver, to deliver the bound, God. Through the anointing, every yoke is broken, God. You're a faithful, faithful God who said, cast all of your cares upon me for I care for you. Oh, God, you're faithful. We thank you tonight. And we praise you for your goodness and your mercy. Lord, that follows us all the days of our life. We thank you. We praise you. For you said, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. You are our shield and our buckler. Lord, those that dwell in the secret place of the Most High, under the shadow of your wing, shall abide under that shadow. Father God, in safety, almighty God, we thank you tonight. We praise you. Cover us and protect us. We've come to honor you. We've come to bless you, Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. He's faithful. Amen. He's faithful. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Praise God.